like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them give their top tips for success to you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Elliot Holland on the line. He's a partner over at Guardian Due Diligence. Uh, Elliot, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. So, Elliot, um, I want to get more into what you're doing over at Guardian Due Diligence. Uh, but before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. How did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? So, in business, I would probably say started right after undergrad. I was an engineer out of school, but both my parents were CPAs, and so my career took me more into a financial realm. I then attended Harvard Business School, and soon thereafter, sort of caught the bug or the bug bit me around private equity <laughs> and entrepreneurship. And so my beginning was probably both influenced by my parents and their background and then um, my experience in business school and then uh, entrepreneurship sort of thereafter. I, I like to, I like to, uh, the way you describe that, the bug bit you. I mean, a lot, I, I have a lot of entrepreneurs on this and some of them are like, ah, oh, you know, and even successful, uh, not successful, doesn't matter. It's like, it's like a gene. It's like something, or it's like a bug bites you or something. It's like, you just can't help it. For some reason, you just do it, even though you know it's going to be painful. <laughs> um, exactly. And I think it's just something about when you really look at your incentives and sort of see the work environment for what it is as you start maturing your job. Mm-hmm. You sort of look at it differently, and um, both my parents were entrepreneurs, and so you look at the landscape and you say, how do I think I can win? I think all of us sort of ask that question. I think for guys like myself and a lot of your followers, the answer to that is if I'm really good at what I do, I should do it for myself so I can benefit from it. Mm. So if you were to, um, you know, give some, obviously, you you know, you've been out there as an entrepreneur for a while now, um, and, and we all learn. I mean, you, you can you can only be so prepared, and even when you're prepared, still other things come up. Um, so if you could give that Elliot that was just getting started again um, some advice, um, what what kind of things would you tell him? I'd tell him to be resilient and recognize that you're going against the grain in a lot of ways, and particularly for a guy like myself coming from pretty good formal education, most of your friends are going to look at you like you're crazy for foregoing the big paychecks to mm-hmm. try something on your own, even being bold enough to put up your own shingle. Like I remember Holland Capital and people chuckled, but it was serious. It just wasn't the right name for my forever business. I would also say making sure you have some guardrails around when to let an idea go, when to pivot. I think there's a really fine line in between, like, the, the, the funness and sort of what people cheer for you when you go all in. But as entrepreneurs, we almost need to be, like, heat-seeking rocket sort of opportunity. And you need to be able to say, this business is not really producing. It's not working. Let me go do something else. I think I'd also be sure to let people know that if you can bootstrap for any period of time and keep your day job while you build your own business, I think it's a great way to limit your downside. Mm. No, I like it. I like it. 
Um, let's, um, I think that's a good, uh, a good transition here. Let's get a little bit more into what you're doing um, as partner over at Guardian Due Diligence. So what kind of clients are you working with and uh, what kind of things are you helping them do? So we, we help family offices, independent investors, and the like to execute private equity deals. So for mm -hmm. most of my clients, they're families that somewhere in their history have sold a business or independent investors in any capacity, even a lot of times sort of seasoned executives that may be in their 40s or 50s and want to go buy a company, um, but haven't gone through this process. And so what Guardian does is provide due diligence services um, in the cleanest sense, just make sure that a business owner is not lying to my client about the nature of their business such that it's uh, a lemon and, you know, somebody's buying a lemon for a high price. So I'll kick the tires. I'll make sure everything is where it's supposed to be, make sure the financials are correct, the operational plan works, and guide somebody who hasn't been through that experience, through that experience, so they can execute a better deal with a higher return. Hmm. Well, any trends you're noticing in your industry right now? Yeah, I think you're seeing a trend where the private equity money is going sort of two directions. One is to the biggest private equity firms in the world, the Blackstones, KKR, CPG. And then I think on the other side, it's pushing into private markets like family offices and independent sponsors and the like. And so what you're seeing is that there's more openness to non-traditional private equity-like investments and mm -hmm. people who might not have been in the market before are in the market. And so it's actually causing some openings. In fact, I think Guardian is benefiting quite a bit from the new entrance into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're seeing a lot of sort of debt partners and equity partners focus on sort of new entrants as well. And so almost like you feel a bit of a new industry forming. Mm. And I and I love your I love your model as a side note for um I mean because I I mean I've worked in the family office space and I know and I know due diligence and I know what you're doing and it's it's difficult it's really um it's difficult and really to get the um uh, the in my in my opinion and to get the amount of um to get the amount of experience to really get through deals and under and do the due diligence behind them, you almost have to do them day in and day out. And for um, a company that's a family office where that may be like a, a division um, or it mm -hmm. may be, it, it may even be like just a part of what they're doing. So put it this way, exactly. if they're, if they're reviewing two to three deals a month and you're revealing, you know, 50, I mean, who gets exactly. better or who is better over time? So even if, if you're listening to this, and even if you are in a family office um, thought process, it's like, it's the same thing. And I, I guess this would be the analogy I'd use. It's kind of like a tech company. It's like, you may have your tech department, but um, if, when you need to get something completely redone and to do a complete new software overhaul, you're probably going to have to bring somebody else in if you want to do anything of su substantial scale. Um, and exactly. if you want to do it right, because your tech department's in-house um, working on the systems you currently have and maintaining, they're not out there seeing what's the best. Like, that's not even their right. job. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like if you were trying to climb um, Mount Everest, right? Do you want the guy that's going up once a year on his vacation to lead you or the Sherpas that are going up several times this season? Mm -hmm. It's not that you can't climb up a mountain, right? You could probably figure a lot of it out. It's that you want the guidance from the people who are doing it the most every single day. Not to mention, 
um, and this won't give me too many laughs at the bar, but I actually enjoy the detailed work of financial analysis and even carving through <laughs> legal documents. Yes. And so I actually enjoy the work where most people despise it. And so <laughs> in that vein, I don't know a lot of people that really uh, run towards that work, Adam. So yeah. sometimes it's just, you know, if you're at a place in your life where you have the money to sort of um, put into a deal, but you need some help figuring out if this deal is the right one, it wouldn't hurt to have some additional help. I mean, the investment that people make into businesses in a private equity context, we're talking about millions of dollars. You really want to get it right. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Um, and so, Elliot, if somebody's uh, listening to this and they want more information on uh, Guardian Due Diligence or to uh, follow up with you, um, what, what's the best way for them to get that info? Sure. Uh, please look me up on LinkedIn, Elliot Holland. You can also visit my website, guardiandiligence.com. We've got more information about kind of what we do and how we structure our business, and all the information you need to catch me is on the website as well. That's awesome. Well, Elliot, hey, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and teaching us a little bit more about your background and what you're uh, also accomplishing over there at uh, Guardian Due Diligence. And to the listeners, as always, uh, if you got value out of this, um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Elliot, again, thanks for coming on the show.